welcome to the Future of Field Service podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Nicastro. You might recognize today's guest from the industry or from a recent podcast that we published that was a replay of a panel discussion I moderated for the Service Council's virtual symposium. Our guest today is Sonia Lacour, Vice President of In-Flight Experience at Southwest Airlines. Sonia, welcome to the Future of Field Service podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I loved the panel discussion we did so much, and I am so, so excited to have you here today and to share some more of your insights with our audience. We are going to talk through a lot of different things today, including how Sonia and others at Southwest have um, come up with their secret sauce. So um, we're going to talk a bit about that. But before we do, I want to spend some time, Sonia, talking about you and your journey. Um, so before we dig into to the secret sauce part of today's conversation, can you tell our listeners um, first about your role at Southwest? You bet. Um, I am, as you mentioned, vice president of in-flight operations at Southwest. So that really means I have oversight and um, support and just um, there to help and encourage and support our 17,000 flight attendants. And as you might imagine, that is a busy uh, mm -hmm. role, but certainly one that I love because they make it easy. That's awesome. That's a, a lot of folks to be to be responsible for. No pressure, I'm sure. <laughs> so that's that's the current task. Um, but but you've had quite a journey in in getting um, where you are, and and even within your journey at Southwest and and before that. So. Um, whatever you're willing to share, tell our listeners a bit about, you know, Sonia's history and the progression through and to where you are with Southwest today. You know, that I, I love that you asked me that, Sarah, because it is a it it is an interesting story to me for sure, and I hope others can benefit from it. I um I started with Southwest almost 19 years ago. I found myself uh, after being in business with my former husband in the construction industry of all things. Um, we that we ended up parting ways, and that business ended, and I needed to find something else. And because I had poured everything into that, I honestly didn't know where to turn. So I found Southwest, and. The entry level position for me at the time was a flight attendant position, and I was so excited that they were hiring. I loved, loved their uh, values and their core uh, tenants of the company. And one of the things that I noticed right away is that their customer uh, is secondary to their employee. The employee is the number one customer and they believe that you know the, the if the excuse me if the flight attendants or the the ground ops or whoever, is, is well taken care of, they'll take care of the customer. I support that 100%, and I love that. So I uh, stayed in that role for, gosh, uh, a little over three and a half years, and I found myself really craving uh, leadership. I knew I, was, I knew I had leadership ability, and I wanted to uh, move into a different role. So I have served in a variety of six or seven roles along the way to to where I am today. And I love that Southwest supports that from the ground up. And um, if you had told me I would be in this role today, I would never have believed it, but I'm certainly thankful for it. And so you had shared with me, Sonia, in, in one of our former conversations that um, 
you know, when you just said, if you had told me I would be in this role, that I would be a vice president at Southwest, that I would be leading, a, you know, uh, an operations of, of 17,000 folks, um, you know, you had shared with me that, that part of the reason you wouldn't believe that is because you, you were lacking in self-confidence when you started. And so, um, talk uh, as, as much as you're willing as you want about, you know, why was that? And how did some of those early experiences at Southwest and even before Southwest start to kind of fuel that fire in you of becoming more confident and, and growing that desire for leadership? Sure. Uh, I'll start with, I was just a very, very shy child. So start with that. And then as I progressed, I grew up in a very small town in Louisiana where uh, as much as I love where I came from, college was not really pushed. It, it was get married, have children. And so that was what I, that's the path that I took. So because I didn't have a college degree, I just thought I'll, I, I felt like something was lacking in me mm-hmm. and I, I never just got the chance to, to accomplish that. And so as a result, I began to look at everybody else like they were more competent, especially if they had a degree. And if they were in other roles, I would think, wow, I always wanted more. And I'd look at them and wish that I could be that. Mm-hmm. Then um, one day I just realized, okay, I've got some strengths. I've got mm-hmm. strengths as it relates to talking with and encouraging others and just people strengths. And I thought, okay, it's time for me to turn my cup upside down, pour out all of the things that I don't believe about myself, fill it back up with things that I do believe I can accomplish. And I slowly started on that path. And and I think that Southwest does such a great job of developing leaders Mm -hmm. and and the path is there for any employee if they want it. And I took advantage of those variety of classes. And some of them were hard. Some of them are, you know, how do you stand before a big group and speak? And that, and, the, and they critique you and tell mm-hmm. you things you shouldn't say and do. And so it's not an enjoyable process. But once I got through it, I think I really learned a lot about myself and uh, leveraging my strengths. That's really cool. And it's interesting, you know, the the title of this podcast is the the secret sauce of Southwest, right? But you know, I I think one of the the things that I think makes you so passionate about the secret sauce of Southwest is how Southwest helped you find your own secret sauce. Do you know what I mean? And and it's you know, I, I came from, um, a small town and, and, you know, very humble, uh, you know, background and, and I have struggled with some of the same things, you know, the imposter syndrome and, you know, and, and it takes some time, I think, to really find your footing and to start to realize that it's not about being more or less valuable or talented or skilled than anyone else. It's just about owning, what you bring to the table and starting to focus on that. That is true. And, and when, and being okay with that, you know, Mm -hmm. recognizing that what you have is a gift and you, you can use that to help others in some way. And that is what I have tried to do. 
Yeah. And we talked a little bit on our panel um, with the other women that everyone doesn't need to be good at the same things. In fact, you know, that would be a big problem, right? So I think it just takes some time to shift your focus from what your weaknesses are to what your strengths are and, and really embrace that. Um, so, so that's really cool. Um, I'm curious to ask Sonia, so in your early days at Southwest as a flight attendant, um, what were some of the, the ways you saw this employee focus in practice? So how did, how did you recognize um, firsthand that you know, at Southwest, the employee is the number one customer? Well, I think they, they really demonstrate their investment in you as soon as you walk into the training. They, they just really, the culture there really is real. It's not a word. It is really real. They, they grieve with you. They rejoice with you. They celebrate with you. They, it, they bring the employee along every step of the journey. And, uh, and when they say they care about you, I, I believed it from the beginning because they demonstrated that. Then now, as you become a leader, it is up to you and it's your obligation to show that to others. And I guess said differently, they they take the approach, and I 100% support this. You, it is really hard to give of yourself if someone is not giving of, to you. So said differently, it's you you got to fill up the employee so they can fill up the customer. Um, kind of as we would say in the flight attendant world, put your oxygen mask on first so you can help others. It's kind mm -hmm. of that. we put the oxygen mask on our people so that they can be healthy and whole and well to serve the public. And I, I believed it and I see it every day today. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, this is, this is a topic that we've discussed a few times, this idea of, you know, companies are very rightly heavily focused on the customer experience, right. And, and as well, they should be, but, um, sometimes that focus is at the detriment of focusing on the employee experience and not really focusing enough on that correlation of how you treat your employees and what that means in terms of their willingness and ability and inclination to deliver that customer experience, right? And so it makes a lot of sense to me, this, this focus, that the secret sauce is really prioritizing the employees so that they aren't checking a box of, here's the customer experience I'm supposed to deliver, but rather they're genuinely happy and satisfied and therefore naturally provide that, right? And I think, you know, on the Southwest flights that I've been on, um, and I can't wait to be on another one, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it is, you have that feeling that they, they actually want to be there. You know, they're not showing up to get their shift over with, and they're not annoyed with everyone that, that walks into the airplane. You know, they're, um, they're personable, they're smiling, they're making jokes, you know, and it, it is a different experience. And I, and I think that that is a really important lesson for folks to think about, um, yes, how you treat your, your customers is, is critical, but how are you treating the employees that you want to deliver that experience? Um, so, so tell me a bit about, you know, the, the Southwest culture and some of the things that you think are critical in creating that secret sauce. First of all, I, I think it does 
uh, begin with, we call our employees our number one customer. And we, we call them the internal, we, we have two terms, the internal customer and the external customer. And so um, giving the, meeting their needs wherever they are. So, and everybody's so different. I think the other piece of that secret sauce is we let our people be genuinely authentic. So, you know, when you mentioned being on one of our flights, you may have a flight attendant that is a really good vocalist and they can sing, or you may have someone who their, their secret sauce is leaning in to the customer, getting uh, with a small child, getting on their knees in the aisle to talk to them instead of standing above them. Those are, it doesn't matter what your special gift is. We ask, our employees to bring that with them. And, and then we celebrate that with them. And just little things like if a customer videotapes something wonderful and they send it in, our employees are, we, we broadcast that. And then before you know it, we're on national television with it. And when our employees see that we celebrate that, then they want to do more of that. It's just an, it's truly an investment in who they are. Absolutely. And, and so I want to take a minute here to, to draw a couple parallels for our audience, right? So if you think about the audience of this podcast, um, you know, there are, are brands like Southwest and we, we recently interviewed Peloton, um, which is another, you know, more consumer facing brand, right? Kind of a different world of experience and, and customer demands, if you will. Um, and, and actually had a, a, pretty similar conversation with the gentleman from Peloton talking about they have invested in field operations as a competitive differentiator. So they've realized that rather than partnering with a third party to go in and deliver and set up their bikes, they could provide a more unique and white glove experience by having those people be a part of their business and, and to do that with internal team members. But as they're, as they're hiring these folks, they're they're prioritizing their ability to be creative and authentic, just like you said. And I think that's a, a really important point is it's, it's hard for folks to feel satisfied if they feel that they are, um, you know, forced to be something they're not, or, you know, forced to act in a certain way that isn't natural to them. And I think that, you know, thinking about the modern field service experience, if you will, there is more of a need to, to think about how to be creative and how to make room for authenticity and, and things like that. And just more personality, you know, more, um, you know, giving people that opportunity to, to be themselves. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of our audience is more, um, you know, mechanical in nature, you know, more of if you think about HVAC or you think about, you know, medical device or you think about um, construction or, or, you know, different manufacturing industries, you know, it is a different type of feel. But a lot of the um, evolution that's happening in those different spaces is around customers wanting more of an experience, right? And so I think there's a lot for those folks to learn from someone like you and, and a company like Southwest about how to deliver, you know, a more personable, authentic, creative experience to, um, to the customer. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the, the ways that you um, encourage your team members to kind of give 
that extra and make it an experience? And, and what can that look like? You know, I think we, um, when, when, first of all, I think we hire well, I'll just say that. And then when they, when we onboard them, we have a true onboarding process. And um, when they come on board, they know without a doubt that hospitality is a, is a non-negotiable. So we, we tell them up front, we deliver a service that customers are expecting. And our service is to get them from point A to B safely on time, you know, as best we can with on-time performance. But in between that is that little something extra, or we like to call it um, the essence. You know, you've got, you've got the service that you deliver, and then there's the essence in how you deliver it. So I'll give you an example only because I'll use the flight attendant since I lead that group. You may have a mother that comes to the back of the aircraft and say, hey, do you have a microwave on board? I need to warm up a water bottle for my baby. We don't have a microwave. It would be very easy for the flight attendant to say, sorry, we don't have one. But we, they've been taught to say yes and or no, but here's what we can help you with. And so the, the no, we don't have a microwave, but what we do have is I, I have hot water. So I can put it in a cup for you and you can put your baby's bottle in there and warm it up. So they just are encouraged to always look for those extra things that they can do because our motto too is we want every customer that steps on board to feel welcomed cared for and appreciated like they are a guest in our home so if you take that same scenario and it was a guest that you're in your home you're not going to say nope can't do that for you you're going to try to find a way and so i think they really do that resonates with our employees and, uh, and they also know at the end of the day, the customer is ultimately the one that signs their paycheck. So all of it comes together. That makes sense. And I think that's a really good example. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, from, from a company perspective or, or a, um, a leadership perspective, you know, before we talk about you individually as a leader, um, if you just look at Southwest as a whole, what are any of the best practices or processes that are in place to kind of um, facilitate this type of employee focus and, and to really stay engaged with employees and to make sure that they are happy and, and engaged and therefore delivering, you know, that customer experience? Well, it is taught to us early on that the, the voice of the customer is our internal customer. And so their voice matters and you, you have to be willing to give avenues for that and listen to them so that you can make improvements along the way. Um, and so we find a variety of ways to do that. And I'll just use myself as an example. When I was a brand new leader, my leader came to me and said, let me be clear, you will never be in trouble for going out and traveling and talking too much to the front line. And I, I took that as a, wow, that is a real green light that, and what a beautiful way to spend your career just going out and talking to your people all the time. Uh, it energizes you um, because, you know, just as in any company, there are hard things that you have to get over. And I'll use this, this environment we're in right now when I can get out and talk to the front line, that, that is my most motivated moment. That energizes me unlike anything else. And I think we promote that from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. and, um, and 
the feedback that we get, and we also do an employee survey. And so you want to hear what they're having to say through the survey. And if the survey says, hey, we haven't seen or heard from our leaders enough, then you can just bet we're going to get out there and do more of it because that's that's what the business is about. You know, Colleen Barrett, uh, one of our, our beloved founders, said, um, we're in the customer service industry. We just happen to fly airplanes. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in the internal customer service industry for our people. Absolutely. And I know you had said to me um, in a previous conversation that, you know, Southwest really fosters this feeling of family, you know, so so closer than just coworkers or colleagues, but that it's really a Southwest family. And I think, you know, some of some of the advice for what that takes can be really hard to articulate because it is about the culture and it is about those interactions and it is just about how you treat people and how you listen, you know, and I always find it interesting, you know, whether it's when I'm traveling and I meet with different people in, in my travels or whether it's, you know, having a service experience here at home or something, you know, I'm obviously with what I do, I'm always interested, you know, but I'll ask like, so how do you like your job? And you can always tell by the way someone responds, how they're treated, you know, and, and I have had people that are like, I love it. You know, I love it. This company's great. Or I love what I do, you know, and you also have people that will just rant or, you know, have, you know, and it's just, so it is so, so important, you know? Um, and, and I think, uh, it's just something that, that can't be over, over emphasized. Um, so let's talk about you as a leader for a few moments. So I know that you said um, you believe strongly in leading from the heart. So so tell tell our listeners what that means and and how it fits in with your career at Southwest. You know, I think that every company has uh, certainly you have policies, and and in the airline industry, you're highly regulated. So knowing that there's always an opportunity to meet someone where they are in their moment in life. And I've often said, if I had one superpower, it would be to be able to know the backstory of each individual I talk to and meet with before I even see them. Because when you know what their path has been, whether it's been wonderful or hurtful, if you know that, then you know what they need in that moment. And so I really believe leading from the heart means putting yourself in that person's shoes, listening and really hearing what they're trying to tell you. Um, And and I think, too, that takes a lot of humility and um, for you to just stop and, and listen and take other people's thoughts into account. So for me, it just means believing in people. And, and helping lift them up. And I just, I don't know, I think before they can start their day, if you can do any little thing from the heart and color outside the box a little bit and extenuate uh, circumstances individually on an individual basis and not treat everybody like they're a number, but they really mm-hmm. are a person, I, I think that that's leading from the heart. And if you can even call their family member by name or, Hey, how's your dog? The last time I talked to you, then people know you care about them so that when you do really need to have a challenging conversation with them, they know you care 
and that you're not just following a policy. Mm -hmm. I just can't say enough about the heart will lead you to do the right thing. The mm -hmm. will lead you to the right policy, but the heart will lead you to do the right thing. Yeah. And with 17,000 people, that's, you know, that it's not like a team of five, right? I mean, a team of five, it would be really easy to remember everyone's family names and who has what pets. But, um, you know, it is a really good point that in some ways, the bigger the team, the more important it is to look for those opportunities to, to you know, let folks know that you are invested in them personally and not just as one of 17,000, right? Yeah, Sarah, um, I, if you don't mind, I would like yeah. to, and I forgot, we have a process with, with over 60,000 employees. We have something called our internal customer care team. And we, when anyone has any life event, they, they know that they should and could report that to their leader, or they can submit a form themselves. But it might be that they had a baby. It might be that they had a wedding. It might be that they graduated with their master's unfortunately it might be a death whatever it may be our leaders get to see that information about that person and that gives us a chance to celebrate or grieve with them and I think mm -hmm. those are really important moments that matter but we can't know about it unless they tell us and we do have a process right. that I love yeah that's really that's really nice um because it's you know it's hard and you know, in a big, big company, you're going to have your certain folks you interact with on a daily basis that you get really close with, but you don't want to be disconnected from the, you know, the bigger family, right? Um, I'm curious if you don't mind me asking, Sonia, what what has changed or, or how does leading from the heart look different in a year like this year? Well, that's a great question. I think... Um... I think you really have to have some empathy and understand that everybody's everybody responds to this differently. We we have people who are not afraid and then we have people who genuinely are. We have people who have health conditions and so just really really understanding those differences and giving options um mm -hmm. without punitive action. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we're an airline and we have to keep going. And there, there are some people who say, I can't do it. Well, then let's discuss what that looks like for you and what your options mm -hmm. are. I, th I think that's, that's what we've done. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems to have worked well for us. Yeah. You know, one of the things you said earlier too, is, you know, the different methods that you have in place. So the, the customer care, but also as a, as a leadership team and just as a company to listen. And I think, you know, when it comes to employee engagement and employee satisfaction, I think sometimes just listening is, is overlooked for how really big it is. You know, I mean, I think people appreciate the fact to weigh in and to feel heard, even if it doesn't always impact the outcome. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's, that's just part of, you know, making them feel valued and important rather than just, you know, like you said, a number or, or that their opinions, you know, don't matter as much as others. Um, so, so I like that. I mean, I like that, that idea of giving folks a, an opportunity to voice concerns and being empathetic and, and, you know, understanding while you're working through those challenges. Um, you had shared with me, Sonia, that one of the things you've loved about 
leading and particular, particularly leading other women is um, paying it forward in terms of helping women build some of the confidence that early on in your career you were lacking in, in yourself. Um, what has that looked like for you? And, and, and tell us about, you know, that being a passion of yours. Oh my gosh. It's a passion because I never want anyone to feel some of the way that I felt. And I, and I know that it can be avoided with some mentoring and some coaching and some encouragement. So it really is a passion for me. Uh, my, my assistant Devin will tell you often, you cannot mentor someone else. You don't have time on your calendar, but I want to, because I love it so much. I, um, I believe that it's just really important to see the strength in someone and pull that out and give them an opportunity and tell them, I, I, I really do believe in positive reinforcement much more than I do critiquing. So I've, someone did that for me. But the other thing, Sarah, that I can't emphasize enough is in today's society, th there, are, there are a few types of approaches that you can take. You can say, hey, I'm great at this. Look at me. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to go for that job. I was not that person. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think when you have a low self-esteem, you're not going to be that person. So to have someone else tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I see something in you. Let's develop that. Let's really fine tune that. And then I think this would be a great position for you. Mm -hmm. If someone had not done that for me, I would not be sitting here talking to you today. Mm -hmm. And so while many subscribe to, and I don't judge that and I don't disagree, it were everybody's different. Many subscribe to, I got this, I'm going for it, you know, mm -hmm. goes right through it and they get it and that's great but everyone doesn't work that way. And I think mm -hmm. to point out that difference. So, um, yeah, I, and so that's what I try to do. I try to, I almost try to find women that I can see a little bit of my younger self in and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to focus some energy on that. And, uh, and that, that's my way of giving back. That's my way of, um, being energized to be honest. And, and that keeps you really, really humble because mm -hmm. there's so much of that out there. Yeah, I love that. And I think that um, the point you made about positive reinforcement kind of ties nicely back to the secret sauce of Southwest in the sense of um, it's another really quite simple um, thing that leaders can do to make people feel so much more appreciated and seen and acknowledged. And I think that oftentimes in business, you know, at the pace you're moving or with the challenges you're facing, it's easy to miss those opportunities. You know, it, it's easy to, to just forget to take two minutes to type a message after you talk with someone or to not point out something. And you know, unfortunately, especially for folks that maybe lack a little bit of confidence, like I know for myself, I'm very hard on myself. So I can get paid 20 compliments, but the, the one critique will outweigh those for me. Do you know what I mean? And so, so they're important because if I only get the critique, I start to get really down on myself, you know? And so it's, and, and, you know, you even sent me a note after the panel and said, I really enjoyed that you did a great job. And, and that means a lot to me, you know, just to have someone take a moment to acknowledge something like that. And, and so I can see how those types of interactions with your team, you know, that stuff makes a huge difference in, in 
making people feel valued and feel important for, for who they are and what they do, you know? Um, and it's, that's why I say this topic's hard. Cause it's nothing, you're not going to come in with a blueprint of, you know, here's, here's things you've never considered for how to make your employees engaged and happy. But the problem is people don't do the things that, that are, you know, simple, but not simple. Right. And so it's just another thing I think to point out of, you know, those moments of that positive reinforcement and, and building people up are so, so important. So you hit on the key word, I think is, is feeling valued because take someone like myself with low self-esteem. Once I found what my strengths were and I really accepted those, then I began to use them and then I could see the value. And then if someone does reinforce that for you, it makes you mm-hmm. want to do it again and do it again. And then, then your self-esteem starts to rebuild and you say right. to yourself, wow, I, I really do kind of have a calling or whatever it mm-hmm. may be. So it's like that, that hamster wheel. I love it. Yes. And then you can put your energy into full steam ahead on that instead of energy on all the things you're not good at. Right. I mean, it's just, it gives you that motivation of, oh my gosh, you know, someone values this. So I'm going to, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to, you know, be, um, confident in, in who I am and, and all of that. So I love it. Sonia, any, I guess, any closing thoughts or final words of wisdom for our listeners? I think we've covered it really well. I would just say, know what your strengths are. Uh, identify those, be really comfortable with them. And then when you continue to use them, you'll be able to say, you know what, that stuff I'm not good at, I'll still work on it, but it doesn't matter so much because I've got this Mm -hmm. whole little arsenal of tools over here I'll use and these are working just fine. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't mean to imply you don't ever need to develop, continue developing, but I would say never beat yourself up over the things you can't do and focus on the things you can. Absolutely. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for being here and for sharing um, some of your personal journey with us as as well as um, some of what Southwest is up to. I appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure. It's been a joy with you too. So nice. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. You can find more content by visiting us at futureoffieldservice.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn as well as Twitter at the future of FS. The Future of Field Service podcast is published in partnership with IFS. You can learn more about IFS service management by visiting www.ifs.com. As always, thank you for listening.